1: Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Please welcome
0: your hosts, Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. I am Sterling Holmes, joined as always by Matt Connor. A lot of fun Chiefs-related news to get into today. I'm not even going to start off with a bad joke. I wa- I'm not even going to do it. Because first, Matt Connor was in Vegas. I want to know how Matt did, how much money he lost, if he had to just take a Greyhound back. I'm
0: very intrigued by this. So so Matt, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh I'm uh, I'm fresh. I can't tell you what happened there, but I will tell you I was uh I we were just talking before. If you've never seen I love the movie Swingers, so all week long I'm cracking swingers jokes to my wife. Who's not only never seen swingers, but just the idea of watching a movie about dudes going to Vegas is like <laughs> so far from her wheelhouse that she's like, shut up. And so I'm quoting the whole movie to her all week long anyway. Like they're going to put me in the rain man suite. I'm going to be at five honey by midnight, all that kind of stuff.
1: <laughs> no and, uh, one has she ever done. said you're going to be fresh after Vegas. You just said you came back fresh from Vegas. I got to stop you because no one in the history of Vegas has ever said that.
0: <laughs> Man, I'm 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 feeling good. I'm feeling good. You know what? Vegas is is fairly healthy these days. Like no no COVID means like no buffets. So, I had a buddy one time tell me that buffet stands for big ugly fat families eating together. And that's like fairly accurate even for me at the buffet. So, if you restrict that for me, and my wife cut me from spending any big money. So yeah, basically it was uh you know, it was fun in the sun, a trip to the Grand Canyon, moderate gambles, and and uh yeah, I don't know.
1: Were you calling it, was it everyone? Family
0: friendly for a non family friend Family friendly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like I didn't take my kid, but my kid wouldn't have been embarrassed. So maybe I didn't really do a like Vegas proud. I don't know. I feel like Whatever. you ended was up week? in
1: like Reno I feel like you ended up in Reno, Nevada or something like that because <laughs> I'm very—do you end up in Wyoming like I have no idea what's happening with you that does not sound like Vegas at least did you call everyone yeah, but- you know beautiful babies or you know in swingers how Vince Vaughn <laughs> just calls everyone baby I feel like you just walking love around it. you're like a little
0: tiny <laughs> yeah, she's like a little tiny bunny and you're the great big bear you just gotta get your great big bear paws around her I love it <laughs> Hey, how was your week? You got you got new puppy, right? You're like playing yeah. pound puppies.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh got a puppy and actually today he just met a an a new dog for the first time. He met a dog for the first time and it was good. So I'm very proud of him. So Bailey, you're a dog, so you won't understand this, but I'm giving you a huge shout out right now. I, I feel like he should be honored. Nice. Like 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 dogs don't understand stuff. They don't they don't understand you, but He's getting a shout out. Uh, Before we get into all this Chiefs talk, do want to give a shout out to our sponsor, and that is Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped, precision engineered tools for your family jewels, dropping you with some fantastic rhymes right here. Uh, If you use our code fansided20, you'll get. I know, right? This is impressive. This is what you get over here with me you get rhymes and bad jokes.
0: (laughs) <laughs> you're if you, you're you, more professional than I even knew you were.
1: It's, it's, it's a lie. But if you do use our code, if you use Mans, if you use Fansided twenty, you will get twenty percent off your order plus free shipping. Again, Fansided twenty for free shipping and twenty percent off of
0: your order. Go to manscaped.com. So, so there are there's some news that we could talk about. We'll talk about that after the break. But we're sitting on on sort of the precipice of the off season. Pretty soon we're going to be reading about Brett Veach signs this guy. The chiefs release this guy. The chiefs are letting this guy walk in free agency. Oh, here's a, here's a trade for Frank Clark jr. Whatever. Right. There's going to be news. Ahoy, as they say, no one says that, but on the edge of that, um, I'm, what I want to do is a thought exercise with you, Sterling. And it goes like this. Because I can't help but think that we would be talking about a radically different Chiefs offseason if we had not taken a running back in the first round. So, real quick, let me say this. A disclaimer. I like Clyde Edwards-Elair a lot. I think he's going to be a wonderful player at the position. I think he's going to enjoy a long and successful career in KC – and i think we've hardly scratched the surface on what he can do. so all of that like needs to be in his corner. i'm rooting for him. we love him. i'll send him valentines. but let's get to it, right? yeah. what if the chiefs what if the chiefs had chosen with that first round pick an alignment of some kind, an edge player, a pass rusher, an offensive tackle, a center, whatever it is, What would this offseason look like at this point, Sterling?
1: Uh, I would be much happier. And again, the disclaimer, I love Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He has a fantastic nickname, or should I say nicknames, very good for fantasy football as well. But why would you draft a running back in the first round? I was screaming this. I said, the only thing that would make me irritated is if a running back gets drafted in the first round. Clyde was my first running back I, I like he was the number one ranked running back on my draft board. Doesn't mean I want him in the first round, and this is the reason why. Running back is a position at this point in the NFL. You could get so many players to fill in. James Robinson was probably the best rookie running back this year, stat wise, on a one in fifteen team. <laughs> it's not like you could say that Jacksonville had some stud offensive line. I mean. You can get a running back anywhere in the draft and have someone be good. Don't get me wrong. I think Clyde's a better overall running back, but is the value from a first rounder on him compared to an undrafted guy that much different? To me, I think they were put in a little bit of a difficult situation. I think if Cesar Ruiz was still on the board, the center that New Orleans drafted, I think my gut tells me that's the way they would have gone. He was drafted right before Kansas City. At that point, they go, well, let's try and get another weapon for Patrick Mahomes because we know what Patrick can do when he has weapons. But just my perspective is you have Damian Williams already. You know, you drafted Darwin Thompson the year before. I'm not saying Darwin's some stud, but why are you using all this capital on running back a position that we have seen time and time again you don't get the value for when you need to protect Patrick? Given weapons on the outside, this team is not a ground and pound team. Just to me, that pick was beyond a head scratcher.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. And and even if it's not a lineman, which which we can talk even more about that. But even if you said, okay, they like let's get him another weapon. What if you grab T like T Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals? They selected him at the top of the second. He turned in a hell of a year. I mean, just under a thousand yards. He looked like his hero, AJ Green. I mean, Higgins was ecstatic to go there because he said they're my favorite team growing up. So it was it was really a dream draft come true for the for the Bengals in those first two draft slots. But just, I mean, even now, we would be talking about, oh, now we have Higgins. We don't even need to talk about Sammy Watkins. Like it's not even a a, a thing anymore. It's not even a like, oh, should we, which, which that's the dance we've been playing all week. Like I've, I wrote about that earlier this week, even on Twitter. So even, so even if we're not, you know, like drafting the linemen and building in the trenches, even if we'd grabbed the physical receiver a year before to make that leap in a second year now, we would just be looking at a totally different offseason.
1: Yeah. Because the pick of running back to me was so unnecessary when you knew coming into this offseason, how many of your wide receivers were going to be up for free agency. Not only that, but with the lack of development from McCole Hardman, you're in a very precarious situation, a very precarious spot where you have more spots to fill than you probably anticipated because now you have wide receiver at multiple spots. The offensive line—you have two aging tackles. Yes, you have Lucas Niang, but he sat out last year. So, what is he going to be? The interior of your offensive line has been built by basically seventh-round draft picks or sixth-round draft picks. You know, is that the route you want to continue going? Obviously, you could do some improvements at linebacker. Uh, you do use a lot of three safeties, so I wouldn't be opposed if you drafted a safety. Just to me, you have so many spots coming up that you need to fill spending that capital on a first round running back. I don't want to say it was a lack of foresight, but maybe they got caught up in the, what would he do to this offense? Could he be the Kareem Hunt type of situation? And maybe they got caught up in, in all that excitement because that's what it seems like to me.
0: Hmm. You know, that's really interesting. And, and you brought up the production there. I think what's so surprising to me wasn't just like taking the pick and... I mean, because at the time I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And, you know, again, I mean, like the kid has had amazing tape. I mean, like everyone knew he was going to be a good fit. Every, you know, like everyone was like, oh my gosh, this makes the chiefs unbeatable on offense. Um, And yet, even at the time I was like, yeah, yeah, but you could have grabbed that or like you could have grabbed an element like that in the second or the third, or, or, you know, you mentioned James Robinson who was undrafted completely. I, I guess what I'm even looking at though, is that, like we didn't even use him in the way that everyone said we were going to use him which is like i mean i just expected him out of the gate to have 75 targets right yeah. maybe even 75 receptions and so the fact that like he fell far short of that and that we never even saw these hands that were supposed to be you know the the best you know the best pass catching back in the draft like why didn't we even employ him in that way the whole thing is a head scratcher to me. Well, I'll I'll say
1: this because dumping off to a running back when you have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback is an inefficient play. That's what it comes down to. If you're Phillip Rivers and you're doing that, it's because you don't have the ability to thread the needle. When you're Patrick Mahomes, why would you dump down to a running back when your best chance of moving the sticks is going deep? This offense is built around Patrick, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. Why would I want to, if you're the Chiefs offense, can instead of gaining 12 yards pretty much at will, it seems like, try for a four or five-yard dump off? Just to me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So it's not nothing against Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It's just this offense isn't built around him being the focal point. So when you draft a running back whose best strength is being the focal point, just to me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. It's it's like if you have a basketball team and you have five guys that are all fantastic but they all need the basketball in their hands, that's probably not going to work because that's not their strength. They, they all need the ball in their hands. Clyde needs the ball in his hands and this offense isn't built around him.
0: Yeah, yeah. I Well, I agree with you. I agree with you. Ex- except, what did you think of this offense? You brought up Kareem Hunt earlier and, and the, the like the saving grace for me on draft night of, of, of that opening round was, uh, you know, I do miss the dynamism of, of Hunt in the mix with Kelsey and Hill. Like, were you at least expecting that? I think that
1: one, no, I I think Hunt's just a bigger guy. I think he falls forward more consistently after seeing what Hunt did. I, I, again, to an extent, all running backs, I don't want to say can be replaced because that's, thats I think, false. But I think sometimes production can be replaced easier than most people, I, I, I would say, think. I didn't think Clyde would be necessarily like Hunt, but I did think he'd be more involved, I guess, in the passing game. Even if I didn't think it was the most efficient way to use him. At the end of the day, I just... I just can't see the Chiefs going back and loving what they did in the first round there. I can't see Brett Veach saying, we hit this out of the park. We hit a home run, drafting a running back when you have all these other question marks coming up around him. The Kareem Hunt thing was great, but even he showed he doesn't have to be the focal point. He showed that he can get it done on 10 touches when he's behind Nick Chubb. He showed that he could actually line up at wide receiver and be effective. He showed that he could churn out the tough yards to get into the end zone. We haven't seen that from Clyde. I'm not putting it all on him because the offensive line wasn't great. The offensive line wasn't giving him huge pushes down the goal line. But when we see Kareem punch the ball in, and when we see Clyde get stuffed, that's also not a good situation.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, the angle of this that we haven't even discussed is, like, this was the first, first-round draft pick that we'd actually used in the first round of the draft in how many years? Do you know? Uh, Eric Fisher. No, I'm kidding, but a long time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it it does feel that way. You know, like with the Frank Clark trade. um, I mean, I want to say it was like 20, was it 2017, 2018? The last. Uh,
1: Patrick Mahomes.
0: It's the first in a long time. Yeah. 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 It was the Mahomes trade. It was the Mahomes trade. So, yeah, I mean, like, e- that even makes it all the more egregious to me. Let me ask you this, though, Sterling, because I think a lot of fans, a lot of listeners will end up going, really? Really? You're talking about something that's already done? Like, like what's done is done. All you're doing is, like, choosing to live in misery. What would you There's say? There's
1: a dead horse, and we're beating it, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, what do you think of that? Is that? Is that true, or...? Or is it worth talking about even after the fact? I think it's
1: fair that we are beating a dead horse. And it is it is a sunk cost, 100%. But I want people to realize, and they're going to get upset. I know people will. They need to get more analytical. And people still need to see that running back is the most easable or easily replaced position in football. They need to realize, in my opinion, that dump-offs to running backs just aren't effective. When you look at all these large contracts handed out to these running backs, Ezekiel Elliott, remember Todd Gurley? Christian McCaffrey in his first year was hurt basically the entire season. Every single one of those guys, people said the argument, oh, but they were different. Something about them was different. Why? Nothing happened. They They got hurt. They didn't perform. They underperformed. And now look what's happening. This is why you don't pay running backs. This is why you don't go out of your way to draft in the first round of running back. It's, it's nothing against these guys. They're all fantastic players, but there's so many good running backs in today's NFL. There's so many ways to get production at that position. There's not the value there. Guys like Austin Eckler are turning in fantastic performances. Guys like Philip Lindsay made a, a pro bowl as an undrafted guy. And then I already mentioned James Robinson. You just go around the NFL and it seems like every team has one or two running backs. You go, well, they could be a starter and perform on almost any team. There's just so much talent at this one position. The value just isn't there.
0: Yeah. 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 You said it. It's, it's not about Edwards-Elair. It's about the positional value. And we're only talking about it, dead horse or not, because on the verge of another offseason in which we want all these positions to be addressed. We could all be very excited about a second year player we could have selected in the first round. All right, Sterling and I will be back and uh, right after the break.
1: Shout out to the sausage, Anthony Sherman, the Shermanator. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Attic podcast with Sterling Holmes and Matt Connor. I'll tell you one thing, Matt. The the biggest reason why I am sad Sherman is retiring is because we will not see the glorious spring tr- or not spring training, but um,
0: I'm training trying to blame
1: training camp outfits. I wanted to see him one up the singlets. I want to see him in the in the pull up in a NASCAR. I, I miss this. OK, I, that may be the blocks were fantastic. The occasional one yard plunges to pick up first downs were great, but those outfits, those will live in infamy.
0: He, yeah, he was the human highlight reel in terms of wardrobe for the chiefs. And we're going to miss him by the way, coming back from the break, I when like shout out to the sausage was not how I thought you'd intro that segment, <laughs> but, but yeah, I like it all the same. I, uh, yeah, we're all, you know, we're all going to miss Sherm. And I like, you know, what's crazy is last year, like Dustin Colquitt was the longest tenured player. And he went back to like 1972. Right. <laughs> but then after him, the longest tenured chief is like Andy Reed era. Like we're talking Eric Fisher, uh, Sherm, we're talking, um, Travis Kelsey. So like, The idea of longest tenure, like, man, Sherman's been around a while, but so is Andy Reid. It's just kind of crazy that we've kind of, like, everyone's so new that that Anthony Sherman saying goodbye is saying goodbye to one of the guys that we've had around the longest now, but he will be missed. I, I also will miss
1: when he sprung Damian Williams for that clinching touchdown in the Super Bowl. The rumor was that he's basically said was follow my ass. Basically, just Damien, follow my ass. Just get behind me and just, and just I'll take you to the end zone. And then that's exactly what happened. The fullback doesn't get enough love in today's NFL. The football gets no love. I mean, if you want to talk about analytics, which you know I do, but the fullback is a dying breed. He was one of the last great ones. And it's going to be sad not seeing him out there. I think the Chiefs may have had some talks with him, maybe saying, are you going to be coming back or not? The Chiefs probably could fill his position with the the amount they use actually fullback, which is not very often. You could probably put in a backup tight end and get away with it. And that opens up a position either for a backup offensive lineman or another wide receiver to make the roster. That could have been the way they were leaning anyways. And maybe Sherman just said, if I'm not going to play on the Chiefs, I probably don't want to play at all, but talk about a way to go out with his video. That video on Twitter was just outstanding. Leave it up to Anthony Sherman to have a badass outro <laughs> he uh
0: he does all things well like he's just he yeah he was just the he was so easy to root for as a as a fan for a guy who hardly ever played. He was just such a great personality. I will say this. How weird is it that such a creative, forward-thinking genius in today's past happy NFL was still having a full-time fullback on the roster? Like, is that weird that Andy Reid was like still insisting I need a fullback in twenty twenty? Uh, like, hats off to him for still kind of for being one of the few to keep around Sherman and, and letting him do his thing. Yeah,
1: there's not many fullbacks left. I mean, you have like Kyle Uszek and like that's the only one that really comes to mind. It was it was Sherman and Uszek. Those were the the two dudes. Cuz back in the day, obviously T Rich was like a fan favorite. I don't know why, but Tony Richardson was one of my favorite players growing up. And then when he went to the Jets, Love I was it. very I was heartbroken. I mean, of course. How dare you take our fullback? But now it's like when you see a fullback on the field,
0: you're sitting there going, is, is that a fullback? Is, is this 1998? Yeah one of John Dorsey's first moves was to trade for a fullback. Like that's just, maybe that's how he built the chief's greatness and we'll never know it until we don't have Sherman anymore. Let me ask you this. Another, another question. If another member of this chief's roster will surprise us this offseason by saying, whoops, I'm retiring. Who's it going to be?
1: So I have two. One, I'll say first because it's not a very big name, and I think it's it could be pretty likely, and that's Mike Pinnell. I think Mike Pinnell makes a lot of sense if the Chiefs decide to not bring him back because the Chiefs do have a plethora of talent on this defensive line. A lot of young guys who they want to get some playing time. I would not be surprised if Mike Pinnell just says, you know what, I'm hanging him up. I mean, He's like, what, 30-something, and he's kind of one-dimensional in his role he's a run stopper does it very well but it's not like he had a whole bunch of teams vying for his services before this it was a great story of him coming to kansas city or coming back to kc so i think if he does not get uh tendered by the by the chiefs he's just going to go ahead and say you know what i'm hanging him up
0: yeah who's name number two
1: this is going to be kind of weird but just because he's kind of a weird dude sammy watkins I would not be surprised if Sammy Watkins out of nowhere, just out of left field says, I'm done. Like, would that surprise you if Sammy just said, you know, I'm out, I'm done.
0: <laughs> you, know, you know, that's really interesting that you say that because, I mean, the moment you said it was like, that kind of makes sense in a Sammy Watkins sort of way, right? Like he's the... Like he's this generation's Larry Johnson, sort of never sure what he's going to say. Yeah. Uh, what is the lifespan of a lizard in the NFL? I don't know. That was very clever.
1: That, that comment he made was still one of the wildest comments, and I'm, I'm still befuddled to this day, like calling himself like a lizard. I'm just sitting here going, what? Like not even like a sweet yeah. animal, like not even like some badass, like a lion or,
0: or something. Like that. A lizard. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'd be panda. I'd be a panda all day. I'm a yeah, panda right now. Yeah, panda's pretty good. I'm like a
1: bear who's in hibernation. Like for like you know, like I sleep like six months, just like straight. Just I'm I'm just chillaxing during the wintertime. I'm just cruising on cruise control. But for you, <laughs> Matt, who do you think it would be?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, like I got to go with Schwartz. I got to go with Mitchell Schwartz because, um, and I mean, I know we said a surprise, I'm trying to keep it realistic surprise in that, like he said, he's coming back healthy. We've been given the timeline for him to come back healthy. Brett Veach has said he and Fisher are coming back healthy, you know, like this is what we expect. And so, but you know, like what, what it feels like, it feels like early to call, And what happens is sometimes as we get back into training camp and guys are figuring out how the season's going to be looking for them. It just occurred to me that maybe if Schwartz is coming back into camp with backup issues, still persisting with maybe the surgery that didn't quite take, or, you know, like, like, you know, he's going to know his body best. And if he's coming back into training camp going, man, this already feels a little off. Then knowing that as a member of the Chiefs, you're trying to play 1920 games, uh, that being the case, I could see him going, you know what? We were going to try it. We gave it a try. We had the surgery. We had the timeline. It's just not working. So for me, if a player is going to surprise, I, I, I think it may be someone that we've already kind of thought might and then took it back.
1: That makes a lot of sense. He already has Mitch in the Kitsch set up. So, you know, he's golden there. He he's already has his backup plan in place. But Love it. I, I think he's coming back. Like, my gut says he's coming back, but what you said makes the most sense. If he's a little off at this age, at his size, does he want to risk being uncomfortable when he's, you know, 40? Does he want to be, risk not being able to play with his kids when in, in a couple years because of his back? And these are real issues that athletes, especially of his size, have to think about and go through. When you're a fan like this, you don't always think about the repercussions of playing through injuries. You're like, well, dude, you're getting paid you know, $7 million a year. Go head out there and, and fight through it. That makes sense. But when you're actually out there on the gridiron and going through all of this and you've done it for so long, Sometimes you may have a epiphany and say, "Well, do I want to not be able to pick up my kids in a couple of years?" and and these are real questions I think that athletes go to that sometimes we may not uh, take into account.
0: Yeah, I mean, we certainly hope we'll see him back. We we, but more than anything, I th- I think probably all of us, or at least the the better part of us, would say that uh, you know we just want him to be healthy and and um, yeah, mean, If I can't watch him on the field, I'll watch him in the kitchen. I know you watch them in the kitchen.
1: Well, would you dude, watch a show I,
0: about me in the kitchen?
1: I would watch a show about you in the kitchen, yes. As long as you wear a hairnet.
0: Hagrid in the kitchen. <laughs> what is mine? Whatever. Stew making
1: stew. <laughs> I that's can the, only make one. It's the thing, most but, boring
0: show ever because it's like like stew doesn't it take forever. It would just be you like looking over a pot. I don't know. That's all. I it's got. like eight hours.
1: I'm, I'm letting it simmer for eight hours. Just chilling there. Like, all right, you can check back in whenever you want. I'm just sitting on the couch,
0: listening to music, just maybe big... going to work. <laughs> it's like a cross an eight hour live stream. I like it. I like it. Stew making stew. Clearly we have reached the end of our material today. My name is Matt Connor. You've been listening to me and Sterling Holmes. Catch Sterling on Twitter at KC. I am at Matt Connor AA. You can read all of this and more, probably not our kitchen show titles, at arrowheadaddict.com. And we'll be back later this week with another episode from our other slash better hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. Sterling, got anything else to add?
1: Uh, everyone stay safe. Get ready for college basketball because that's what I'm extremely excited for. And let's see if the Chiefs make any moves in the upcoming weeks.